Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. It's so good to see so many faces here this morning on this Sunday after Christmas. Let us take time to go to God in prayer. Holy God, we gather here today to worship you. As we enter this new year, dear God, help us to think about the ways that we can share the good news, the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, with those we meet every single day. Now may these words inspire us. May you speak to our hearts. For we ask all this in his holy name. Amen. So this is the Sunday before the beginning of a new year. And I imagine some of us are probably thinking about some New Year's resolutions that we want to start this year. But I also imagine that each of us is entering this year, this new year, with all sorts of things on our hearts and our minds. Some may be entering this year with grief and sorrow on their hearts. Some may enter it with worry about something that may happen in this coming year. Some may be entering with illness and worries about surgeries or treatments. But some of us may also be entering it with great joy. You see, being the body of Christ doesn't necessarily mean that we won't have struggles in life and that we won't feel hurt and pain and grief, and that our bodies won't face illness or injury, or that we won't have stress in our relationships on this earth. But what the body of Christ does mean is that we don't face these things alone. Christ is with us, and the body of Christ can walk with us through these things. This gift is the good news of the babe in the manger brought to us, that we are not alone. The gift given to us by God in Jesus Christ is now unwrapped, and the light beams from him. We may at times feel like darkness invades our lives, but we remember what the Gospel of John says. The darkness has never overcome it. Today our scripture reflects this as Paul is writing to the Philippians to remind them of that gift that they possess, that light. He's reminding them that although they may be worried about him and his fate and they worry about being the church in Philippi and being different and standing out there and what that might mean, He's reminding them that it is the joy and the peace in Christ that they have to remember every day. So hear Paul's words to the Philippians. And this is chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. And this is the contemporary English version. Always be glad because of the Lord. I will say it again. Be glad. Always be gentle with others. The Lord will soon be here. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. 
then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with a peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way that you think and feel. Finally, my friends, keep your minds on whatever is true and pure and right, holy, friendly, and proper. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, God. Paul's words to the Philippians uh, were encouraging to them at the time, but they're also encouraging to us today. His words remind us that no matter what our worries or our struggles are in this life and as we head into this new year, that we should remember to thank God and offer up with thankful hearts our prayers and requests to God. And because we belong to Christ Jesus, we are blessed with a peace that no one can completely understand. A peace that's going to inform the way that we think and the way that we feel. Now Paul's letter to the Philippians contains many of the wonderful verses that we often hear. We probably are familiar with these, and here are some of them. For to me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. Another one, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And yet another one, I am confident in this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. The letter also contains that beautiful Christ hymn that's in chapter 2, and this is very familiar to us. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above all names, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Those are familiar to us, aren't they? Now, when this letter was written, which is believed to be sometime in the late 50s or early 60s of the first century, Paul was in prison. It's not really known exactly where he was in prison, but Rome, Ephesus, and Caesarea have been thrown out by scholars as possibilities of where he was. And he was not a stranger to prisons, but this time... He's writing to his beloved church in Philippi to encourage them in their faith because they've heard about his imprisonment and they're worried. In fact, he was in prison and he was awaiting his fate at the hands of the Roman government as he was awaiting his trial. Will he live? Will he die? He doesn't know at this point. In earlier verses, before our verse today, he's warned his beloved church that there are those out there with false motives that are preaching the gospel. And he also mentions some other folks he calls dogs and evil workers who are preaching words that are kind of counter to the gospel. And he wants the Philippians to be aware of these people. And he tells them that he hopes that he himself can come visit them soon, of course, depending on the outcome of his trial. So even with the weight of all those circumstances that are on his shoulders and his worry about these false prophets and preachers, he is still telling the Philippians and encouraging them to rejoice and give thanks. 
Don't be anxious about anything. Pray and ask God your requests along with giving thanks to God. Giving thanks to God in our lives. Friends, we have walked the season of Advent together, the season of hope and of waiting. We worship together on Christmas Eve, celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, our light, Jesus Christ, our gift from God. And now in this season of Christmas, we have this gift of joy, of peace that passes all understanding in our hearts. And as the season of gift-giving comes to a close, and our exchange gifts are used and eventually put aside or end up wearing out, this heavenly gift will remain in our hearts forever. Never wearing out, never ending. It's a gift that we will keep for eternity. No discarded wrapping paper, no bows, no ribbons all over the place. Just a beautiful gift given freely and lovingly to each one of us. Now, I've thought a a good bit about gift giving over the last month. I imagine many of you have as well. But the reason I have thought about it more than usual is that I have walked past so many times the incredible volume of delivery boxes that pile up in the lobby of our condo building in Atlanta. Every day, various delivery services arrived at numerous times of the day, and just when our poor concierges could get everything entered into the computer as to what gift goes to what owner and get it all stored in the storage rooms, another truck came and another pile of boxes was there on the floor. I thought to myself as I went past them several times, I wonder what in these things and I wonder if people are going to like what they get and what happens if they don't do they take it back secretly or send it back do they keep it and stash it away somewhere so they don't see it slowly forgetting about it over time but what if it's something really valuable do they hide it away from people and only bringing out, bring it out at really special, rare occasions when they want to show it off? Or, or do they purposely take the gift that they really don't want and pass it off to somebody else, all the while saying, I found this just for you? What will they do with it once it's unwrapped? I'll admit that I uh, thought about this go passing it on because I remembered an episode from a popular sitcom in the 1990s a show that was nicknamed the show about nothing Seinfeld starring Jerry Seinfeld now for you younger folks or folks who don't aren't familiar with Seinfeld this the show revolved around four friends George Jerry Elaine and Kramer They experienced life together, and each episode usually had about three different subplots going on at the same time, and they would somehow end up meshing together by the end of the 30-minute episode. Seinfeld ran from 1989 to 1998, over nine years, nine seasons. They filmed 180 episodes. And the show's characters gave us some theories over those years. I can't tell you if they're true or not, but some of them 
are pretty accurate. For instance, Jerry, the lead character in the, in the series, his theory was that if you opened a gift and then said the name of the gift, that you didn't like it. For instance, oh, socks. Maybe that's true. Who knows? But George, neurotic George, probably had one of the better theories in this series. And I think personally it's true because I've tried it out. His theory was, if you look irritated, people will think you're busy. I'll never finish this sermon. Y'all, I'm not going to finish this sermon. Do I look busy? I look like I'm busy, right? So he did that to get out of working, people in his office. So one of the subplots, this is bringing this back, one of the subplots that made me think about this, this, what I was just talking about, passing a gift on, was one where a secondary character, whose name was, he was a dentist, and his name was Tim Watley. He gave Jerry a label baby junior label maker as a gift of thanks because Jerry had given him Super Bowl tickets, so Jerry couldn't go to the Super Bowl, so he passed him to Tim. So Tim gives him this label maker. Elaine, the character Elaine, comes by his apartment, which she did every episode, and she sees that label maker, and she comments that she gave one of those exact ones to Tim Watley as a thank you for doing free dental work on her. <laughs> she asks Jerry where he got his label maker, and Jerry replies, one Tim Watley. Elaine is shocked and appalled that Tim would do such a thing, and she loudly exclaims, he recycled that gift. He's a regifter. This is a TV Seinfeld term that has stuck over the years in everyday vernacular, and it can be found in the Urban Dictionary under regifted, and it's also in Webster's Dictionary now. It's usually viewed and spoken about in a very negative way. I rewatched this episode this week while I was preparing the sermon. Um, and trying to figure out what people do with their gifts they receive. And I can honestly say I laughed as much this past week as I did in the 1990s with that episode. But while regifting is often looked at in a negative way, I, I couldn't help but feel and think more in a positive way is the way that it relates to the gift that we receive in Jesus Christ. As I read our Philippians passage over and over and over preparing for this sermon, I wondered if the Philippians might be treating the gifts of joy and peace and love in ways other than regifting. And Paul is reminding them to rejoice in the Lord always. Always be glad in the Lord. You see, this gift that the Philippians and that we have received is not something to be placed on a shelf as out of sight and out of mind. It's not something that we hoard and only bring out on rare occasions to show people. And it's definitely not something that we refuse and we try to send back. The gift that was unwrapped for us on Christmas Day in the form of a babe in the manger is meant to be re-gifted. And the beauty is we don't have to wait for someone to give us a gift first in order to re-gift our gift in Christ. God gave us this gift. And as Christians, it is our charge to re-gift it as often as we can. Through our words, through our actions, 
through our spiritual gifts and definitely through our financial gifts and our commitment to sharing Christ's love, peace, grace, and joy freely with others. Paul writes to the Philippians, Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. These are wonderful, wonderful words to carry in our hearts as we head into a new year. As the early Christians gathered in homes back in the first century in Paul's time, so we gather here in this place today just before we head into 2020. As the Philippians experienced grief and fear and pain and worry and, yes, joy, so do all of we that are sitting here today. And as he reminded the early church in several locations then, so I remind us here today, we are the body of Christ, each one of us having a part, each supported by the rest of the body. No matter what you may be carrying in your heart into 2020, know that you are loved and supported by this body of Christ and by Christ himself.